0: And welcome back to Birmingham Regions Field. We go now to the top of the second inning. No score between the Jumbo Shrimp and the Birmingham Barons. Roger Hoover now joined by a former Birmingham Barons broadcaster, Eli Gold, also the voice for many years of NASCAR and for many years as well, the Alabama Crimson Tide football team. And Eli, it's great to see you. How are you tonight?
1: I am well. Thanks for the invite to come by. I was uh, not able to make it a couple last couple of nights because of other events. And uh, after I wrapped up a a golf tournament that I was working this afternoon, I hightailed it over here to to see young Roger at work.
0: (laughs) Well, we appreciate it. Of course, I call women's basketball at Alabama. And uh, I don't know Eli throughout the years. He was a breaking ball, missing high and off the plate for ball one. But I know you love coming back here. You love watching baseball. Yes,
1: I do. I I have season tickets uh, right behind the plate. And uh, I was at the Rickwood Classic the other day when Chattanooga came to town to play the barons at the old uh, ballpark on the other side of town
0: next pitch to gigailo's high for a ball tuna and uh, i i
1: enjoy coming in uh, sometimes kurt bloom will ask me to sit in with him otherwise we'll just park it behind the plate and, uh, and and just enjoy baseball i mean it's a great sport i was lucky enough to do four years of the barons back uh, when we didn't have air
0: conditioning or anything <laughs> like this Skylo swings and pops this up. High foul territory, first base side. All the Barons give chase, but that will go into the first row of seats. Probably bounce near Eli's seats behind home plate. Yeah, now yeah.
1: when I one uh, When I did the Barons, we played at Rickwood Field. Uh, they hadn't even gone to the Hoover Met yet, let alone this beautiful ballpark. And, uh, so, you know, on a hot day, you were sweating from places you didn't even know you had. <laughs> and on cold days in April, you were freezing. So uh, we didn't have air conditioning. We didn't have... Uh, Heck, we barely had a couple of lights. Uh, (laughs) So this is obviously a a great departure for guys who are doing baseball today.
0: Right. 2-1 and on Chikilo. Walsh again with the high set. And the pitch. Taken upstairs. Three balls and a strike. Now... I've done a couple of editions of the Rickwood Classic, but that is always in what it was originally built, I believe, for the movie Cobb. or some, It was built for something. Well, the actual, the above, actual right?
1: ballpark right. was obviously built umpteen years ago. Right. I mean, it's the oldest ballpark in America, They're still in use to this day. Uh, but, yes, when I did the games, that little press area that right. they have built for you now behind the lower level of seats, that was not there. That didn't exist. And we worked on the roof. Uh, the writers were in a small little eight or nine seat building which housed them the scoreboard guy and the pa guy and the radio guys were in a little lean-to of theirs i had one and the visiting team had their other and i'm telling you man it was not fancy not pretty (laughs)
0: But it was tough to carry that equipment up the stairs, get it onto oh, wow. the roof. That was a whole process. That's bounce, fell, strike one. On and them. I'm sure you've You're encountered
1: right? that, too. You That's know, right. little, very few off days, as we still have today in the Southern League. And, you know, there they they were days in August. now. And I was lucky because every year I was there, the Barons either won the championship or were in contention to win the title until the very last week. So at least the games all meant something. Right. But still, they were days in August, man, you'd walk up to the roof and just look around <laughs> for a rain cloud somewhere, even though you'd have to play two the next day.
0: Oh, Brian pops this up high into right center field. Brett over, Fisher over. It'll be the center fielder Brett that makes the catch. There's one gone after Jagailo was able to get aboard to begin the inning. Now did you go on the road with the Barons as well Yes, to go to Jacksonville? Yes,
1: I went all oh, Lord, yes.
0: Jacksonville,
1: Orlando, when the Orlando Twins were in the league, uh, playing at Tinker Field, which was then the uh, Twins' spring training home. Yes, uh, I I rode every mile on that bus. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, one of the funniest stories was the year, the first year that Eddie Brinkman was the manager. Brink was a great infielder for the Detroit Tigers. One of the best hitting coaches in America, though he himself could barely hit over the Mendoza line. And Brink... Just a great guy. First road trip of the year. True story. First road trip of the year. He comes on the bus with what had to have been an 800-page soft-covered murder mystery. <laughs> and I said, Brink, what's this? What's this all about?
0: Want to know on Shales and the pitch. Swing and a roller up the middle, past the shortstop, Mindig, rolling into center. That sends Jigailo to second, and Brian Shales has a single to aboard. With only one out, we have no score. Top of the second. And Eddie Brinkman says, I've done this all throughout my career, even in the majors.
1: He said, I get this big old murder mystery, and I only read it on the plane or, in our case, on the bus. And he says, you know, to and from the hotel, for the games, going to the next city, what have you. and, And he would make it so at the end of the season... You know, on, on the end of the last road trip, right. you know, he would be at the very end of the book. <laughs> so I made note of that in the very first road game of the year. First road trip, first road game, we pull up to whatever ballpark it was. I want to say it was Memphis, if I remember correctly.
0: Here's Sharif Hoffman, two aboard for the shrimp, only one out, pitched by Walsh, it is a strike. And I
1: let everybody get off the bus ahead of me. I was the last guy on the bus. And I went to Brink's book, and I tore out the last <laughs> chapter and a half of his murder mystery. Took out the last chapter and a half. So somewhere I knew during the year he'd turned the page, and the murderer is, and he had no more pages. <laughs> well, I forgot about that. And the season goes on. The season goes on. Well... The final road trip of the year, the Barons won the Southern League Championship at Wolfson Park. Okay. Is it still there or is it rested in peace?
0: It rests in peace. All right, good for That's it. That's where the Jaguars now practice that okay Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, we went to Wolfson Park. The Barons win the title against a Jacksonville team that had gubaza and Saberhagen, a great, great ball club. And we then get back on the bus. With the championship trophy and everybody, you know, downing a couple of barley pops and having a good time. But it was a 10-hour drive.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: I don't have to tell you. <laughs> uh, you've got the you've got the calluses to prove it, I'm uh, sure. That's right, yeah. And we pull up to, I don't know, someplace to stop. We would always stop somewhere. Instead of using the facilities on the bus, we would always stop somewhere. And uh, we end up getting to... Uh, this rest area and we all get off we go buy a diet coke or whatever it is, use the bathroom, get back on and everybody promptly falls asleep it's like 3 in the morning and we continue driving and then about 5 in the morning this most blood curdling yelling, screaming hissy fit from Eddie Brinkman as he turned the (laughs) final page and the murderer is and there's no more pages (laughs) Well, you know, I didn't tell anybody. I yeah. kept this to myself. Yeah. I did this on the first road trip of April and never a gift t- to yourself. I future, never yet. told a soul. <laughs> I kept the pages, of course, I didn't throw them away. I kept them while well, he starts throwing this giant hissy fit. Now he sat right behind the bussy. I sat across from him. I was right there, okay. at the first person on the other side of the bus. Well he starts yelling and screaming and waking up everybody on the bus. <laughs> And now, sitting behind me is a guy by the name of Bob Melvin. Went on oh to be yeah. a great catcher, yep. the manager of uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Oakland Athletics. Uh, we had uh, Scotty Earl. We had he went on to play for the Tigers. We had a very, very good ball club, which is why it won the, the Southern League title. And Brinks going up and down the aisle of the bus, <laughs> and I, I can't, I can't be accurate because you'd lose your license here. But he was stringing <laughs> together. You slimy, no-good, pussle gutted knee-knocking, blankety-blank, blank, blank, blank. Well, of course, nobody knew what the hell he was right, talking right. about. They had no idea. <laughs> well, we finally fall back to sleep. We pull up to Rickwood Field. Sun is coming up. Final road trip. Season's done. And everybody gets off the bus, and everybody's, they, everybody goes to the clubhouse to use the facilities and then get into our cars, and I... Follow Brink to his car. I said, "By the way, Brink." I said, "I believe these because he accused everybody, right? You're right. Except the mild mannered radio guy. I mean, he you had a
0: poker face the yeah, entire time. Yeah,
1: I had a poker face. Plus, you know, the radio guy's not going to mess with it's me. It's harmless. Yeah, <laughs> he accused everybody <laughs> and his brother except me. And I said, Brink. I said, "I believe these are yours." Well, he sh- threw together some expletives to end all expletives. And there's a payoff to the story, which we'll get to next half inning.
0: That sounds good. Well, Mason Davis and Sharif Hoffman both truck out after the single by shales, so Jacksonville leaves two men on base, and the Shrimp do not score top of the second. We'll be back for the bottom of the second with Eli Gold in just a moment. No score here in Birmingham. Back at Regents Field, no score between the Jumbo Shrimp and the Barons. We'll see Fisher, Brett, and Barnum all dudes the plate for the Barons in the bottom of the second against Jacksonville starter Robert Duggar. And all right, Eli Gold, you got to give us the payoff to the so story. So the payoff,
1: so obviously I gave Brink the book and the, the pages, and he was so ticked off at me, and I just figured, you know, and we laughed. I laughed. He didn't laugh. He was really, he was ticked. Well, fast forward like five years, and Brink is now a coach for the Chicago White Sox. And again, at those days, the team was an affiliate of the Detroit Tigers, but he had moved on to the White Sox.
0: Fisher grounds out to first for the first out here in the bottom of the second. And I was in Detroit. They were playing Detroit, Chicago
1: was, at Tiger Stadium. And I was in Michigan to do the NASCAR race. So my wife and I on that Friday night, the Tigers were home against the Sox. We got passes from somebody we knew, and we went in to to watch the ball game. And then I walked down, I said to my wife, I said, let's go to the uh, White Sox clubhouse, see if I can find Brink. (laughs) So, of course, we stood outside the the clubhouse door, and there was a security guard, obviously, and I gave him my business card. I said, I'm a good friend of Eddie Brinkman. I said, would you see if he's in there and if he would come to the door? And the guy said, yeah, hang right here. I don't know, three, four, five minutes later, here comes Brink to the door. And he knew my wife. We They had met, of course, during his tenure here. And he goes, that and he gives her a big hug. Nice to see you. You, you dirty blankety blank, 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 blank. <laughs> I still haven't forgotten. five years later. Right. I still haven't forgotten about the books and the pages. You stupid <laughs> blank, blank, blank. So he, he probably went to his grave, rest his soul, uh, still <laughs> right, ticked right. off at me. But it was a lot of fun.
0: Ryan Brett has a single in the left field. Now a man aboard for Keon Barnum. Again, we have no score in the bottom of the second. As we visit with a former Barons broadcaster and also the voice of Alabama football, Eli Gold.
1: Yeah, we had a lot of great times in that league, and of course, you know, you have somebody here in the booth with you. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we had nothing, man. We had no, uh, obviously, no air conditioning. You had to schlep the equipment, and it was many of the ballparks were uh, municipal. Mm-hmm unsecured ballparks so you couldn't lock i assume you lock your gear up yes. in here over the course of the series and that's that come in the next day hit the power button and there you go <laughs> we had to break down every night and carry the equipment which was not nearly as compact as this i mean we're talking in the ni- late 1970s early 80s so i mean there was no miniaturization not
0: we were hauling around this giant silver Suitcase Barnum with the drive deep to right field, and that's gone. Just into the bleachers, a two-run homer for Keon Barnum, and now the Barons have a 2-0 lead in the bottom of the second. Well, we had a lot of fun. You know, baseball is baseball. It's still a, a spectacular
1: sport. Uh, we had a lot of guys, uh, some of the old names. You might remember Billy Muffett, mm-hmm. who had, uh, became the pitching coach for the Tigers. Well, he was a roving pitching instructor at the time, and he came down to Birmingham and was working with uh, the pitching staff, uh, Keith Comstock and Don Heinkel, a couple of guys who made it to the bigs, Comstock with the A's, Heinkel with the Tigers, uh, and Billy Muffet would sit and tell stories, and you'd sit there in the hotel or wherever and just listen.
0: Basto tees off a deep drive to left, and this one is all the way back, and this one's gone back to back homers for the Barons first Barnum now basto to left center field and the barons are in front three nothing wow that happened in a hurry no doubt and he was a late addition to the lineup with the Menez being scratched so that pays off already for Birmingham how about broadcasting baseball what'd you love most about calling baseball games
1: what I loved is what we were just doing here moments ago you can you learned how to, A, you have to have a lot of information, uh, as you do, and you've been filling your listeners in extensively, but you've got to have a lot of stories, and you have to learn how to tell what would otherwise be a 30-second a or one-minute story. You've got to learn how to tell it over the course of three outs. That's right. And stretch it out, but try and keep the people informed. Uh, we used to get uh, Baseball America magazine, and you've got to understand...
0: Diving catch made by wow, Davis. Just the foul territory down the line in left field. Mason Davis, the speedy shortstop for the Jumbo Shrimp, was able to lay out, make the catch as the Barons are hitting him high in this inning. For that one, Jacksonville able to track down for out number two. Man, he looked like a prawn on that one. That was more <laughs> than a Jumbo Shrimp.
1: That was massive. But, uh, you know, I, I used to love, We we didn't have the internet. There was no computers. I used to travel with a small Olivetti typewriter. I didn't. We we had no computer stats service. Mm-hmm. I had to update the stats every day, individual stats, team stats, a page for every pitcher against every team, and you would do that either on the bus bouncing down the highway or in the hotel. And um, you know, I don't know where you guys stay, but um, you know, we couldn't spell Hyatt or Hilton. <laughs> we might have been able to see a Hyatt or the Hilton from jumping up and down on the roof of our Flea Bag Inn but uh we didn't have that uh, but there was no there was no computer it didn't exist so you know i'd be going down the highway with my little olivetti and i'd be typing out the stats and of course that was a pain for the guys on the bus who were trying to sleep and you know i, they, I was getting cursed out in all sorts of languages you know so but i enjoyed that you know that was part of what made you a better broadcaster
0: no duck and hang out for one sure, more. Minute. Sure, sure. strikes out to end the frame of the Barons with back to back homers by Barnum and Bastov. Now built a 3 nothing lead. We move to the third on the Jumbo Shrimp Network presented by Community First. Top of the third inning, again, the Birmingham Barons with a 3-0 lead against the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp as we visit with a former voice of the Barons and also the voice of Alabama football, Eli Gold. You know, what was another part of the
1: great part of the baseball experience for me was getting to know the minor league ma- uh, umpires. Mm-hmm. I became friends with a lot of them. One of my dearest friends to this day, and I don't use that term gratuitously. It's, it, it's indeed the fact uh, one of the my dearest friends is Jerry Lane, the major league umpire. Uh, he and I and many others were in the minor leagues together. Tim Toshida was in the uh, Southern League with us. Um, a lot of guys who went on to major league careers. And, uh, of course, uh, Jerry has had a spectacular career. A couple of years ago, the crew chief for the All-Star Game, for the Divisional Playoff Series, the League Championship Series, and the World Series. I mean, he's a great, great But we were in Savannah, Georgia one night playing the Savannah Braves. That was the... Atlanta double-A team at the time before Jacksonville uh, Jackson rather had been uh, mm-hmm. was born and uh, they uh, they played in this converted little football stadium it was called Grayson Stadium Grayson Field
0: got it chops set to third fielding a Mial across the diamond in time for the out from left field to left center there were straight
1: football bleachers the broadcast booth was so far forward that you literally had to look, you had to stand up, which I hate to do. I hate to st- work standing up; right. it's against my religion. <laughs> and yeah, and I had to look down, almost directly down between my legs, to see the plate. We were that far out, over back, you know, over uh, foul territory right. behind home plate, and there was never anybody in that ballpark. Savannah was known for the heat. They had these bugs; they called them seems. Which are like sand fleas Oof. that would feast on your ankles. I mean, it was awful.
0: Well, they would later rename that team the Savannah Sand Nets. Well, that's, yeah, so that's part, same, of, that's part, of, that's part yeah. of the legacy. Right.
1: Well, we're sitting there one night, and I forget
0: all that had gone on, but. Here's a swing and a deep drive by Harrison. That's deep to left field. Backing up his Basto. He's to the track, he's to the wall, and it's gone. Monte Harrison of the Jumbo Shrimp joining what's turned into a home run party at Regents Field. He's got a solo shot his eighth of the year, and now it's a 3-1 game, top of the third. So we're in Savannah, and I forget all the circumstance, but what
1: was happening was the pitcher for the Barons, a young man by the name of Brian Kelly, he was going to pitch all night. The, The bullpen had been overused. Uh, There again, one of those stretches where there hadn't been a, you know, there hadn't been an off day since Eisenhower was president. You know, (laughs) it was one of those deals. And everybody knew that Brian Kelly was going all night. Didn't matter. Well, Jerry Lane is working balls and strikes. This is Jerry Lane and the great one now, but he was in the Southern League then. He's calling balls and strikes. There might have been, realistically, there might have been 125 people in the ballpark. Okay, (laughs) not many more. And I have a kind of robust voice, and everybody could hear every word I was saying because there was nobody in the ballpark. (laughs) I mean, it was deathly deathly silent, you know? And, well, Brian Kelly had about as much chance. Now, this kid threw right at 100 miles an hour, Mm. 98 to 103 with a fastball that was, I mean, this is double A, and this kid was a blazing fireballer but only god knew where the ball was going (laughs) well brian kelly that night walks 15 men all right (laughs) and our manager that year was a guy by the name of roy Matika, and uh, he was
0: not pulling he was not going to pull brian kelly well anyway so we're doing i'm doing the ball game Sharp base hit the right field by Isan Diaz. It's a single for the Shrimp with one out. Jacksonville trailing three-one. Top of the third. And I was calling it straight, you know,
1: and of course I knew that the home plate umpire could hear me, and the batter could hear me, and the pitcher could hear me, <laughs> and I made it a point of saying, and Jerry Lane is not squeezing the strike zone. I said, if anything, he's being generous. Ball three, you know, and then, <laughs> and then you know, and then another. Oh, that's ball That's the eighth walk by uh, Brian Kelly tonight. Well, it got to the point, it was so funny, sad but funny, that every time another walk happened, Jerry would come out from behind the plate. He would take out the whisk broom and clean the plate off. He'd look up to me because I'm literally like right there. (laughs) And through his mask, I mean, I could see him rolling his eyes and he'd just shake his head. And uh, the night goes on. The guy walks 15. I forget the final score. That started Jerry and my friendship that night and we saw each other the next day and we chuckled and we have been dear friends uh, literally uh, for years. I go to ball games anywhere in the country. He's nice enough to get me tickets and my wife and I have gone uh, to see him. Fast forward like I don't know 18, 20, 30 years. I'm in Orlando Florida speaking for the University of Alabama at an alumni chapter meeting in Orlando. This guy comes up to me He said, you don't remember me, do you? I said, no, sir. I I hate when people do that. I said, no, (laughs) sir, I really don't. He goes.
0: Norwood chops it to third. Mialczewski, no play at second. He'll throw to first, but it was just foul. So Norwood's still alive at the plate. He said, I'm Brian Kelly. (laughs) I said, oh, my God, the guy who walked
1: 15 that night in Savannah. He goes, same one. I said, "How you been?" He goes, "All right." I'm just, uh, I said, "I assume you, I didn't I haven't heard your name. I assume your career didn't go much." He goes, "No." I said that, that night pretty well wrapped up my career. <laughs> but uh, I said, "I got somebody who I know would love to talk to you." We're standing in this catering hall in Orlando somewhere. I get out my cell phone and I call Jerry Lane, and I catch him in the umpires' room at the stadium in Cincinnati. He was working the Reds game that night, and I said, "Jer." I said, I got somebody, and I said, I hate to call you at this moment. It was like an hour before the first pitch. But I said, I hate to call you, but I f- stumbled on somebody here who would want who wants to talk to you. He goes, who? I said, I'm in Orlando. He said, all right. He goes, you remember Brian Kelly? He goes, oh, my God, what, did he just walk somebody again? I said, no, <laughs> he's just standing right here. And, I gave, and they had a
0: great conversation for five or six minutes reminiscing about that night. That's awesome. Pitch was a ball to Norwood, a throw to second is not in time. So, stolen bag for Isan Diaz, his sixth of the season. Norwood now facing a full count of three and two. We're in the top of the third inning. Barons with a 3-1 lead against the Jumbo Shrimp.
1: So, that's been the that's part of the deal, too. I you know I've met the, the late Harry Wendelstadt, mm-hmm. who was from Daytona Beach, Florida, a big NASCAR fan. And... Um, and he and i i'd get him tickets to the daytona 500 he'd get me baseball tickets now of course his son hunter we've become dear friends uh over the years and i see hunter at least once or twice a season so you know that's part of baseball too the the carryover friendships that you uh that you make uh, you, you can't replace those
0: absolutely well nord strikes out now there are two gone here in this top of the third inning as you continue to visit with eli gold of course Former Barons broadcaster, I mentioned, and of course the six-time national champion broadcaster for the Crimson Tide. Yeah, six, six of those. Yes, six sir. Six under your belt. Yeah, been
1: very. You know, you're always a better broadcaster when your team wins. Sure. So i've I've been uh, I've been afforded a few free passes over the years. I've been very, very lucky. You know, it's I have been with the university through what is arguably the greatest sports era in school history. Obviously, some older folks might indicate the Bear Bryant years but th- times were different now of course with you know the 24-hour news and sports cycle and all the the shows and all the internet and everything your your calls are heard everywhere so I've been blessed I really have been
0: no doubt about it you've seen a great stretch for the Crimson Tide Nick Saban coming in and is he a big baseball fan I know the video's gone around about him on his boats with a Yankees shirt yeah on. well he and this this is Popped up into left, making the great grab is Nick Basto, and we'll talk more about that yeah, when we come back sure. in the bottom of the third. But right now, it's a 3-1 game. Monte Harrison just homered for the Jumbo Shrimp. Back in a moment, you're listening to the Jumbo Shrimp Network, presented by Community First.